Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What is going on, everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to the week of Movie Mondays. This is the Here's for Her podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how's it going? In great form today, Connor. How are you? I'm doing okay. There's currently a pool party right next door to where I am recording this. So oh, and you historically hate fun. One, I have to have fun, but I have to put it out there straight away that if anyone is like, is that kids yelling in his background? <laughs> Screaming children on They Connor's are different audio. from the ones that I already have in the dungeon. They, those uh, ones don't scream anymore, Sean. Well, look, you spent a lot of money on that dungeon, so I'm glad you're getting you're getting your worth out of it. Construction isn't cheap in this kind of climate. You have Especially to. with the secrecy involved. <laughs> You have to keep hiring and firing construction workers so they never find out what you're doing. You have to so, keep killing construction workers. Uh, okay, look, let's not get it. I was going to say, let's not get out hand, but I am, in this scenario, kidnapping and dungeoning children, so it's, I think it's already gone too far. It's already gone too far. We should probably move on. Yeah. Um, if this is your first time listening, <laughs> <laughs> imagine, this is like, wow, a movie podcast. Let me just give this a... Oh, Oh, oh no. Jesus. Oh, that's different. I've had a hard week working at the yeah. FBI, but maybe I have. <laughs> the old FBI factory. <laughs> one left in me. <laughs> um, so, Sean, there's lots of movie news this week. We have massive DC news for the second week running, and we will Two finish weeks? with that. Two, Two weeks, weeks it, of DC news? It's almost like this DC domino effect in that they release one piece of news and then they have to release more pieces of news. I mean, I'm not complaining because any news is good news. Yeah, I'll take anything at this rate because there's I'll no take movies. The, the dregs of entertainment. Yes. Um, starting with dregs. Yes. <laughs> Suicide Squad director. Dregs. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you think that's as what his wife says when he walks into a roof? Greg! <laughs> I keep telling um, you, it's Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so, Deadpool's success. David Ayer, director of Suicide Squad, says that Deadpool's success is what turned Suicide Squad into a comedy. Mm, oh... Is now, it now, why this has happened is that because the Snyder Cut is coming out, a lot of people are asking about other DC properties, and they're like, are you going to do an extended cut of this? What about a different one of that? So David Ayer is the first one you'd go to, because Suicide Squad, much maligned as a project that had many different cuts, had yep. just a process of development that did not go well. So everyone immediately was like, David, if you have a cut, we can release the David cut. We'll fucking we'll sort that out for you now. <laughs> the, the big fucking drag cut they said to him, but <laughs> um, he now says one that in terms of the cut, he's got lots of footage and he could release it if it's there. But it's kind of the loose like, like I could release it. You don't know. I don't know if it has the same fanfare as release the Snyder cut. No, release the air cut doesn't have the. It's not hashtagable enough. No. And so, during this interview, he someone asked him, like, what went wrong with the Suicide Squad movie? And he basically said that Deadpool's success is what turned Suicide Squad on its head. Because, originally, if you remember, that first trailer that came out was a completely different vibe to the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer that we got maybe six months down the line. Yeah, it's it was... It was much more in line with what the DC Universe was at that point. Which was, for better or worse, it was dark and gritty. Dark and gritty, what people want. What people want out of any movie. Mm. But to have, like, to have such a radical tone shift that late in the game, like, it was the final trailer was the Bohemian Rhapsody one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, I think it was, the movie came out in August, I think the Bohemian Rhapsody came out in maybe May. Yeah, but that, like, January, February, that trailer was the, a much different tone. That was and the Comic-Con trailer. That was, like, yes. really serious. And if that's the one that he, if that David Ayer signed off on, clearly he thought, oh, that gets across what I think this movie is, what I want mm. this movie to be. So, I'm um, like, all the footage is still there. Presumably, he filmed everything he wanted and then cut that into the trailer. Well, like, as we said in terms of Suicide Squad, there are three different cuts of that movie uh, somewhere around the world. There's two different studio cuts, and then David Ayer said he's done his own cut. So there's three cuts of the movie lying out there. It depends on what shots you put in, what type of music you put in the background, but if he originally shot it as dark and gritty, the movie we got was kind of like a mixture of everything and pleasing nobody. Um, and it's interesting the timeline because I think this actually matches up now sometimes David Ayer can come out he did say fuck Marvel at the press premiere of Suicide Squad it's like come on man like that's not great look because I think Civil War had already come out I'm like pick your battles but um, he was he says a lot of stuff so it's hard to kind of dilute the stuff that is true and isn't and stuff that he's just saying to big himself up but this logistically does work in terms of they release that the serious cut of the trailer, yeah. then Deadpool comes out in February, and then in May the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer comes out. Yeah, that does that does give enough time for uh, you know a studio reshuffle to happen, and it also gives Deadpool enough money to break a billion dollars, and for them to go, what the fuck are we doing? If Deadpool's making a billion dollars off like a fifty dollar budget. 
See, why at that point wouldn't they... I, guess, I mean, I guess a lot of it was filmed already with this in mind, but surely the success of that they could say, oh, what if we make an R-rated Suicide Squad? Because mm. I don't think Suicide Squad had received a rating at that point. I Yeah, see, nobody... All people had seen was the darkness. They hadn't actually seen, as you said, like an actual rating. Like There was no side if it was going to be curses and murders and whatever. Like... But there, you can even see it in the final cut in terms of just what's there is clearly several things at once. Yeah, like um, we've said before, like Killer Croc in that. He, first of all, he does nothing, but also he's in. He's from a different movie. Yeah, you know, in terms of the tone and how everything else is worked around it. But I, I just, I don't, I don't think Deadpool is the only reason that Suicide Squad is the way it is. And I think there's another second reason that we're not commenting on, and that is the movie that came out maybe three weeks after Deadpool, and that was The Hood of Justice, Batman v Superman, which was meant to be their dark and gritty. So they released Batman v Superman, and Deadpool comes out, and so then Batman v Superman, dark and gritty, is panned. Or love, depending on who you are. Like you're depending allowed to have you your opinions. You, look, what can you do? It's the greatest movie wrong. ever. If you, you might be wrong, you might be right. Uh, you're definitely wrong. But it's it's the greatest movie ever, or it's terrible. And lots of people thought it was not very good. And then Deadpool is universally loved as just a movie that's dumb and just fun and doesn't take itself too seriously. So I can understand their logic, but you can't change a movie after it's already filmed because David Ayer has even said that. They, this had like a knock on effect the response to Batman v Superman had he, the word he used was a ripple effect throughout all of the next DCEU films and they had to go back and reshoot a lot of Suicide Squad things to change the story and to change the plot yeah and they wanted it to be to hit these beats and be this cool and be quippier and funnier mm. Which, when, as, as a director, that must really fuck you off a little bit. Because you wrote the script. He probably wrote the script. I'm not saying David Ayer is, like, the best script writer in the world. But if someone says to you, we would like a dark and gritty Suicide Squad, you go, great. And you write I, them I'm a dark it. and gritty Suicide Squad. And then they go halfway. You've already filmed it. They're like, we want a fun Suicide Squad. We yeah. want quips. We want, you've done what you've done, and we don't want what you've done. Yeah, we wanted that last year, but now Deadpool has made lots of money, and we want money. Look, people so... love comedy. <laughs> people love comedy, and be, like, self-aware. Is Ryan Reynolds free? What's he up to? Could, Could we not just get Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds in? Is he, he'd be a good Green Lantern, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would! Is that a good cast? I think we've done it again. <laughs> they, like, forget. They're like, oh, yeah, we already fucking did that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. Fuck. Okay. Uh, I don't... I'm... First of all, I feel bad for David Ayer in this because now that Snyder Cut is happening, I think he's going to hear this question for the rest of his goddamn life. Yes. Um. Same with Josh Trank. No, with, and Josh Trank came out this week and was like... Um, no, I will never release the cut. Don't ask for. Don't start a petition. I think his That's words were brilliant. "Don't start a petition," which is hilarious because, like, as we mentioned last week, this whole Snyder cut take is going to have a knock-on effect of all of these movies that have all been plagued um, by development hell. That they're just kind of 
all the people who like these characters and I can understand it like there's been lots of bad Batman movies but I don't want them to remake Batman vs. Robin and recut it you just Batman vs. Robin sorry not Batman vs. Robin Batman and Robin I mean, that's a that's a clear winner in that I mean, isn't there Chris O'Donnell would be killed dead absolutely <laughs> go back to Hawaii or what's he in what's his show I have no idea. I didn't know Chris O'Donnell did anything else. No, is he not? It's not for Hawaii Five O. Is he in Hawaii Five O? Someone tell me that. He could be a Hawaii Five O. Someone kind of, kind t- of guy. tweet us. I don't know what he's in. One of those detective shows. <laughs> Just tweet um, us with no context. Hawaii Five O or not Hawaii Five O. <laughs> that sentence. So I'll never actually know the answer. <laughs> it's it's like Shakespeare. Um, exactly. So, Sean, I was just wanted to bring this up because we ended last week with the Snyder Cut. So I thought it was, I thought it was important to start this week to show that this, as they said, the ripple effect of Deadpool and Batman vs Superman. But this Snyder Cut re-release is going to have a ripple effect for all of D- the DCEU and basically every movie anyone ever wanted to like but didn't. Yeah, and it's, and like not even for things that already came out, but things that will come out in the future. Yeah, and you you got to hope a director doesn't just be like, "Oh, my cut was better," and then not be able to back that up. See, I I that's a terrible position to be in because now, as you said last week, but the Justice League has to be good. But David Ayer has said that there is footage there that if you wanted, like I could pull it out. But do you even think that would work anymore? Like now we've had Birds of Prey and all that stuff. Um, do you think that Suicide Squad world even does anybody want the Dark World? I don't know. See, I think, but I think Birds of Prey sets a better tone than Suicide Squad sets because Birds of Prey, weirdly, is it knows more what it is. Mm. Um, whereas, for to no fault of the film, Suicide Squad is a confused mess of several different films slammed together, which is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. So I think if you if like whatever movie you make, if it just has a fucking like grounding and it's like this is the logic and of this world and this is how it works and this is how people act if you get that that nailed down any film can work i feel yeah i, I think so so i just i wanted to bring this up just in in just in regards to how I, it's interesting to see where this all leads to in terms of knockout effect to any other different movies so what i wanted to do was i wanted to follow up that story that i thought would be lead to some discussion to a story that I'm trying to annoy you with, but also at the same time has some positives. Interesting. A good blend. Indiana Jones 5, Sean. Oh? Oh. <laughs> James Mangold has been confirmed as the director of Indiana oh. Jones 5. <laughs> I knew I'd get that reaction. <laughs> Interesting. Because yes. James Mangold famed for Logan. Logan, yes. And Ford versus Ferrari last year, I think. Yeah, I'm going to focus on Logan for a minute. Okay, because so it's, it's around that same idea, yes. Yeah, old 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 man. Still at young man things. <laughs> Hugh Jackman is not an old man, though. Wolverine is like old. 250 in that movie. Hugh Jackman looks fantastic for 250. He does, but... But yeah. he... But he, he, look, he's not... A, he's literally... Not as young as he used to be. And That's also, emotionally, yes. he's tired as fuck. He's just, oh, nom, 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 nom. That's my yeah. sleep noise. 
How do you sleep? <laughs> I just I scream sleep, <laughs> scream sleep. The um, I would I like James Mangold though. I think he's clearly he's a very good director, and mm. I feel like he's of of an age where I feel he really liked Indiana Jones. Like I think he's a fan of it. So getting to make an Indiana Jones movie is probably he, like he probably cares about it. But here's my question: question Why would you want to get involved? In this, at this point in time. Now, I'm not saying like, Indiana Jones 1, 2, and 3. I'm I'm thinking of 4, and yeah. that was that was bad. That was, what, 2006? I um, th- I've been formulating a little theory about um, Indiana Jones and how, the, how, how it can be a good movie. And I okay. think uh, it makes sense solely on the fact that Harrison Ford would go for it. Um, I think you kill Indiana Jones. Oh, he would love that. He, he would, would that, absolutely that's his dream. He's, <laughs> yeah, he, he's systematically going through all of his famous parts and killing them. Yeah, like, did he die in Blade Runner 2049? Oh, he'll make sure he does. I can't remember. Did he die? I don't know. I forget the entirety of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I see that, then I forgot. Um, but I think you give him, like, an Iron Man send-off. I, th- I think people will like that movie regardless. And replace him with Shia LaBeouf? I, I think you have to, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we were contractually obliged. I mean, they did we all have that, to replace? They did all the, those story arcs for him in, in 4. Yeah, think, no, Shia was there. It was off the Transformers movie. Everybody loved Shia. He was the hot um, new thing. He was just coming off Even Stevens. He was the hottest thing in Hollywood. <laughs> After Beans from Even Stevens. <laughs> well, Beans, he deserves all the Oscars he's ever going to get. But, Absolutely. I mean, Shia following him up, how could you follow? He's in the shadow. He's in Beans' shadow. Well, now he'll, he'll come into his own as an Indiana yeah. Jones type. I think you bring back a short round, get him in. Maybe he's yeah. the baddie this time. Is he big round now? Oh, I think he's jacked and huge, but everyone still yeah. call, like Indy still calls him short round, oh, and everyone yeah. else calls him like the, the human hatchet big, or something the, like the big that. Mo- <laughs> I was going to say big motherfucker, but the human hatchet is the coolest <laughs> fucking name for a killer. Yeah, That's he's also a luchador. <laughs> fucking on the side. Yeah. Holy shit! That's the human hatchet. He's a tr- thirteen-time world champion. Fucking hell. I just think that's if you say goodbye to Indiana Jones in the movie because that's the only story they can tell now, right? Because See, he can't yeah, survive no. and go off into the sunset again. I want him to die by nuclear blast in a fridge. That's all I want. <laughs> what, if the, what if the film opens up and it's just him in a hospital and it's just like, yeah, you have a shit ton of radiation, but like you're riddled. <laughs> With gammas, <laughs> your bones are just so—they're falling apart. It's like sure, fa- it's like the star of Chernobyl. It's, it's, <laughs> like, yeah, like it's like you boiled potatoes for too long, <laughs> and that's your bones. Oh, that would be so funny! And Harrison Ford be into that? He just have to lie down. Oh yeah, I think like don't give him any physical things to do in this movie. You just have him in his in his bed. It's like, oh, I wish I was out there helping you, Shia, but I just Oh my can't. God, you do like a Titanic and it's old Indiana Jones telling a story of just young Indiana Jones, but it's old and Iron Reich. 
this is going to be great. I'm loving this movie. You know what? I've kind of turned around now. All that needs to replace him and mm. have Shia there because you have to pass on a pass on the leverage. Like I don't know the legend of Indiana Jones, but you can't pass it on to Alden. He's only going to be there over one movie. Shia is the big thing. Shia so, is the big thing. So you have Harrison Ford. Titanic it and at the end he's like and then I was in a fridge but I just survived I just I just lived and that's just when the lived. credits roll I got exploded by a fucking nuclear blast but I was in a fridge I flew 700 I can only assume miles landed <laughs> rolled several times went oh dust off me shoulder there now alright cool uh, let's go on to the next adventure <laughs> I just I, James Mangold also isn't afraid to kill off a fan favorite character. No, like, he's an incredible director. Like just for this, yeah. Like I don't think anyone would want to rewrite Logan where Wolverine survives. You it's know, not I as think good. It's not as good, and I think the movie people appreciate the movie for doing that and telling a good story, and he, like he dies in a satisfying way. You get me, and so. I'm. Would you uh, Spielberg? By the way, I was going to say is still on as producer. Would you? Um, would you prefer that Spielberg kind of took a step back, or James Cameron this maybe as like Terminator? Is it possible for these very famous directors? They've had. They've got world famous fans all around the place. Would. Is it possible for them to maybe go, you know what, James, you take it. Because the director of Deadpool was the director of Terminator, but he didn't get a say. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think... Hmm. I think if you could... I've, I've been thinking about this recently as well. I've been thinking about a lot of things recently. Yeah. It, like, I think if you can sell something to James Cameron or Steven Spielberg, then you can do whatever you want. Because... You just need to be able to justify it. I think they have such a, like, grav- not gravitas even, but they have so much clout in the film production world that people are intimidated when they t- try and tell them ideas or talk to them about it. But you need, yeah, like... Especially I for feel Taika Waititi would be create. very good at this. Yeah, the characters they created and, like, birth their whole stories out of them. But I feel like you just need to be able to be like, no... Listen, and then you sit him down, and you give him like theater of the mind the entire movie, and, and then see, you they'll come to, around. You, you can't say like, "Oh, you're out of touch," but you're like, "Maybe that worked in 1995, but maybe you, in 2020 we could do this with a character that would be cool." Yeah, and you like you disparage comic book movies because they'll love that. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're not trying to do an end game here. No, we're trying to tell a real story. That's end all. End game do. is dog shit. Fucking dog! Yeah, you're talking about the worst Kevin movie. <laughs> He's just looking at you. He's like, "Why did you come to Marvel?" <laughs> you're you're the Russo brothers. <laughs> yeah, the Russo brothers just talking to fucking Spielberg. We're not doing Endgame here. Endgame was shit. Civil War dog shit. Like, did you not direct it? Shut up. Shut up, Shut Stephen. The fuck up. <laughs> um, but yeah, James Mangold has signed on to direct Indiana Jones 5. I think of all the directors, the more I talk about it, the man who directed Logan, it's the same story. Just do it again. You do, like, do it again, but I just, I, we haven't seen, like, in like Indiana Jones, 
he's never faced up to any repercussions ever. No, and even when he was like, say, 60, there was never a time where it seemed like he was going to lose in a fight. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I think the, like the opening scene of this movie, not to just do Logan again, but I think he needs to be doing something and have his ass handed to him. But see, but we've talked about Indiana Jones' biggest fight technique is to get punched until the other guy loses. I know, but, but that's I don't think finally... Indiana Jones, if one punch might kill the man. <laughs> like, he's got a... It's got, I, I think, okay, say we're working off the idea that it's, this is the death of Indiana Jones. I think the entire film has to be him coming to terms with the fact that he's not who he used to be. And that's okay. And that's okay because everything he's done has, like, he's done so much good. He's also done a lot of, he's killed a lot of men. Oh, a lot of men. A lot of men with, like, helicopter blades and just whips. Yeah, but he, he, he needs to be, like... It's, it might be one last adventure kind of thing. It might be him trying to right a wrong. But he needs and to be... That, oh, by the end of it, he needs to be, like, content to go. And Harrison Ford can do it. Like, Her, I like, know yeah. Force Awakens was, say, what, 2015? That's yeah. five years ago now, so he's five years older. But at the same time, that movie showed me... I just thought he was checked out for, the, like, the last 20 years, which he has been. But he came back and he's, like, the best part of that movie by a country he, mile. All the charm and all the charisma is there. I'm just like, just do it one more time and then you're out, Harrison. Exactly. Like, he's... He, people forget, he's a great actor. Yeah, he just didn't care. He, yeah, he didn't give a shit. Um, because he he was being put in shit for so long. Yeah. But, um, what you what you could do actually is you could get um, Marion is that her name? Oh, the like, love interest, yeah, fr- yeah, from Raiders and Last Crusade, and and uh, Temple of Doom or fucking Shia LaBeouf one, whatever that's called. Yeah, and maybe they go off and they like, I don't know, they do one more adventure and then they both die, kill everyone, <laughs> short round murders everyone. <laughs> The, the human hatchet. The human, the human hatchet. hatchet murders everyone. He beats him to death with a sledgehammer. Everyone's real confused. Stone cold, no, stone cold stunners everyone. Jeez, he's some fucking luchador. <laughs> fucking look at him go. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to move on to the next piece of news. And that is Sonic the Hedgehog has, is going to be returning for a sequel. So the Sonic the Hedgehog movie came out in February I think it was like one of the last movies that came out made a lot of money because of course there's been very few movies this year true um, and now it has been signed on that Sonic the Hedgehog will be returning for a sequel is this a good or a bad idea Sean? I think it's it's a fine idea I mean they set it up at the end of Sonic as far as I know like you see Tails mm. Um. so I guess you just do the entire plot of Sonic 2 <laughs> Catch! I mean, it was a success. You've seen the movie. I actually haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog. So, Sean, did it? It how did it hold up in just in terms of a movie? Because it did look very weird before they did the re-edits. But I heard it actually it held up quite well in the yeah, fight finished product. It's like it's not quite Detective Pikachu, but like not to say Detective Pikachu is the best movie ever. But as a video game movie goes, it's solid. You know? Yeah, video game movies are normally not great. Yeah, but like some of the 
some of the humor doesn't land, but you're going to get that with most humor in a movie because it's entirely subjective, you know. Especially kids' humor. Like if you're aiming yeah. at a younger audience, like you, uh, not every joke is going to land with you in a man in their twenties. Exactly. Like it's the. It's not even. It's not even particularly aimed at the younger audience. Like it is there, like in the back of it. Like oh, you guys like Sonic because you played Sonic growing up. There's elements of that, you know. And Jim um, Carrey's in it, and he's apparently very good. Yeah, he's amazing. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and Jim Carrey's always when he's let loose. Yeah, when he's, he's let loose, list. You, like you can just roll the camera, and you'll get gold always. Yeah, and um, so they have they've signed them on for a sequel. And if you said like Tales was at the end of the first one, I think. The best way you can do it now, it's a team-up movie. So you have Ben Schwartz doing the voice of um, Sodic. Who yeah. did the voice of Tails, do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. But if like, if it's not Chris Pratt, somebody from Parks and Rec. I would get uh, Thomas Middleditch. Oh, yeah. Of Middleditch and Swartz. Middleditch and Swartz. <laughs> the, did, have you seen their comedy on Netflix? I've seen... I've seen... Um, I've seen... The uh, tiny bits of it, but no, I haven't actually seen much of it. No, it's like an improv comedy show, but like they do a whole play in improv, mm. um, and they're just they bounce off each other really, really well. So I think if you got them both in like a recording studio, that'd be amazing. And I think Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, this is also very interesting because in the current climate, this is a movie you can do from home. Oh yeah, totally. Um, like you know, apart from the the James Marsden stuff, um, yeah, but if you do all the designs of Sonic moving, Sonic doing this, Sonic doing that, that takes even if you get all of that done, then you just shoot the movie, just like normal. That's yeah, actually, that's very true. Um, which, I, yeah, I heard there's a series on YouTube. It's called VFX Artists React. And they just go through all the VFX in movies. But they raised a really good point in that, like, Endgame is essentially an animated movie with human heads pasted on it for most of it. Yeah, it's all green screen. Yeah, so you can do a lot of the the pre-work for this kind of stuff. As you say, like, you can get the models, you can get the scripts, you can get the storyboards if you want, and have, like, a general idea of where it's going to go. And... Which, Look, I mean, if maybe the world is Detective Pikachu getting a sequel? Actually, I think so. You know I think I, I I think it made enough money to warrant one. Yeah, um, and, I, I don't mean, know where that, you those go. movies. I think those movies are going to get more and more popular as you get like a very famous star and you get a character from the nineties from a famous project and you just put them out with a cool animated thing and kind of reintroduce them to a new audience. Yeah. Um, like, you could do... Would you do Mario again? <laughs> no, just re-release the 80s movie. Just re-release it again. Just Yeah, and just, like, badly crop it to widescreen and put it out. Say not... No, no, leave it. Leave it in 4x3. Just leave it. <laughs> I want even... everyone to be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm trying to think. You, there, there, There is... The, I, th- I think they are getting better at comic book movies. If that makes any sense at all. Not comic well, book, sorry. Uh, what, what are we talking about? Video game movies. 
Yeah. Well, well, look, Doom was the start of this renaissance of video game movies. That That is true. It's only gone up since Doom. <laughs> well, no, down. Down is... Down, down I'm afraid, <laughs> sorry. Because... I think with those older characters is that they're simple enough like they had to be simple because they had to fit on a fucking cartridge mm. so they, like, they're simple enough that you can you can kind of drop them in any situation and if you write it well they'll make sense yeah no I, I, I just read that and I was like good for those guys because I can imagine remember like the backlash after the first trailer yeah if I told you oh this is going to get a sequel like that first trailer was so bad that everyone was going like nobody's going to see this. This is just really fucking weird. But they they worked night and day for basically six months straight, and this is like their and reward. They went out of business. They went out of business. Everybody lost their jobs. It's just a case of literally they worked night and day just to get this. They've gotten more work just by being so good. Yeah, and like, and to, to their credit, the tails model looks class. Yeah. <laughs> Like, because don't, I don't think they were going to mess that up. No, I think they focus grouped the shit out of that before yeah, they even absolutely. <laughs> and it, we're going to move on, Sean, to something else, by the way, that might look bad, but could look good and is also a carry-on of something that's already happened. Because oh. Ryan Gosling is to star in a modern version of The Wolfman. Oh, is it, wait. Is this Dark Universe? What? Did someone say The Invisible Man? Did someone say The Invisible Man? Invisible Man? Invisible Man? He has been a success last year with The Invisible Man. And you know what success breeds? More dark movies of characters from the 40s and before that are just horror-based. That's The Wolfman. You get a character in... Ryan Gosling is the star that Variety has reported this and he's set to star in The Wolfman which will be the 1941 horror that starred Lon Chaney Jr. This is a remake of the 1941 classic. Uh, the movie was key in shaping the modern depiction of werewolves and has been a key reference point to the horror since its release. All true statements. All statements that are sentences. Like, I... I hmm... A Wolfman movie. That's a that's a difficult effect to nail. And if you miss the mark, you fucking miss the mark on that. I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer did it. So did it look they nailed the early two thousands. Ah, well, it was late nineties as well. Oh god, <laughs> take a few years off. Um, I wouldn't say good. I would say there's a scene where Seth Green, he's a man, and then oh. as he's turning into a wolf, he like shakes, and then. The camera... Now, I'm not saying they, they cut the camera to get him to go to makeup, but as he's shaking, and then it comes back, and he's a wolf. I think the only good werewolf transformation scene is in Teen Wolf. Oh, I haven't seen Teen Wolf. Oh, dude, it's really good. He plays basketball. <laughs> and what's the transformation scene of that? Oh, he's in the bathroom, and he's turning into a werewolf, and he's, like, losing his shit. And, yeah. and his dad is knocking on the door being like, what's going on in there? And then, <laughs> what is going on? Are you doing things? Well, then, I bet there's a great joke. Well, Michael J. Fox, he's like covered in hair now. And so he opens the door and then his dad is also just covered in hair. <laughs> <laughs> that Michael J. Fox was doing that, I think, um, just before Back to the Future. They had to take him off that to do Back to the Future. Did they? 
Yeah, I think that was around. I think that's is that nineteen eighty four around then. You know me in movie dates. I'm I'm no. Yeah, help. see, I think it's eighty four. Um, I know nothing about that, but the, so that could all be wrong. Um, so as of now, no director is currently attached. However, it's understood that the movie will be set in present times, like The Invisible Man. Okay, so it's it's another case of they're moving, they're doing it in a new way. How to see? Mm. Invisible Man was loosely based in science. Uh, have, Very have you seen loosely. It? Loosely is a word. Like, do you, do you care if I spoil some of Invisible Man? Don't spoil... Go ahead. I mean, okay. I'm not the only one listening to this, but go ahead. Spoilers for Invisible Man, everyone. Uh, so the man who becomes Invisible Man, he is like... He owns an optics company. Mm. So it's like... It's a suit that he puts on. And then he's invisible, because it bends light around him in the right way. Whereas a wolf man... Ryan Gosling owns a werewolf company that oh, makes werewolf suits. Good. And he puts that on and becomes a werewolf. It's very popular around Halloween. Rest of the year, low business. See, have we gone past the point of, like, it's an experimental technique? Okay, okay, this is going to be it. Uh, he, Ryan Gosling has lost his hearing. And they've <laughs> okay. managed to isolate, like, something about a wolf's DNA means that they can have super hearing so they try to give that to him <laughs> and it turns him into a wolf man F- you know what that could probably be it it's like it's dumb enough that they'll probably do it right <laughs> yeah because it's part of universals like catalog of horror monsters that they're trying to bring back for the dark universe that's not connected but is connected might um, be connected <laughs> Might be connected, we don't know, it depends. But this is all started by Tom Cruise's The Mummy from a few years ago. Um, this is like their soft reboot of that, because they were going to go all in, then they backed out. And then The Invisible Man made a lot of money on like a $10 million budget, because they were only shooting one woman. But there's two people in the scene. Yeah. Um, but then, now they're doing... Uh, if they're doing The Wolfman, like, that's a, surely that's a lot more money, just even on prosthetics... And making it look good and getting the CGI to look well for when Ryan Gosling, very handsome man Ryan Gosling, turns into a werewolf. Unless he's a very handsome werewolf, which I don't know if that'll strike fear to anybody. Yeah, you see, I don't know, like, fair enough, they might want to put more money into it. But I don't think they'll, I think they might expect the same, like, margins. But... You know, oh, we made we we paid ten million and we made a hundred million. I think if you pay a hundred million, that doesn't guarantee you're going to make a billion. You know. Well, did you know that there was also a Wolfman movie back in twenty ten? There was, wasn't there? Who was in it? Can you get? Can you remember? No. Benicio uh, del Toro and Benicio. Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> the lads, yeah. The the big boy, the big hop man himself. He was in it. It had a budget of one hundred and fifty million dollars and did not make its own production budget. That yeah, and that was one of the nails in the coffin for the Dark Universe. Yeah, so instead, the Invisible Man was made for seven million and made over a hundred and twenty million dollars. So now they're like, the Wolfman is back and people said, I don't think people care about the Wolfman. I think in horror, in horror movies itself, we've kind of seen everything. Everybody's seen every monster. There's, all, there's a guy with a sword. There's a guy with an axe. There's a big monster. There's a demon. Whatever. 
I don't think the Wolfman has the same effect if people are like, wow, that looks scary. Yeah, it's... It's got to be the story you tell around it, I suppose. But mm. surely the central conflict is that he's a man who turns into a wolf every so often. <laughs> Ryan Gosling's the real like trump card they have here. Because Go- Gosling's an, a great actor. Like, the big Gosman himself, he'll bring it. You just need to give him a good script. That's a bold claim, but okay. Ah, come on now. <laughs> come on now. Sorry, sorry. You don't like Ryan? No, I do. I was just I was taking the piss. Oh, right, yes, attacking the man personally. And yeah, Eva what? Mendes, fuck her. <laughs> What's wrong with Eva Mendes? <laughs> She's married to him. Go away. God, that's, that's, <laughs> that's an attractive pairing, isn't it? The, the two of them. Is the child going to be good-looking or ugly? It's always the pretty ones that have really horrible-looking children. What if it's the one, like, human that has everything? It's just the <laughs> best. That's the peak human. It's peak human. No. What about Blake and Ryan Reynolds? Blake Lively Ryan Reynolds are back in the book. That's one of them has good. to have the ugly child. If you have to put money on which one of those beautiful humans has an ugly child, which one are you picking? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, Where oh, have we gone? One, all right. It's a tough one. Yeah. I think, okay, I think what's going to happen is they're both going to have ugly children. But then those and they're children gonna marry will get together. together. Yeah. yeah and, and have like supermodel <laughs> children. Yeah, and then, so we just got to trickle it down a little bit more. Yeah, we just got to wait two generations. (laughs) (laughs) We'll all just wait it out, lads. (laughs) So people who have been um, approached to direct the movie have been, three names have been thrown around. John Krasinski, James Wan, and Paul Feig have all been kind of thrown together. But there's nobody in the running currently. So they're just names that I think are somehow related to the Dark Universe. Because I remember Paul Fee kind of, he pitched Universal a few different characters a few weeks ago or a few months ago. So I don't know if he's confirmed for this or he's just in that orbit. But they're all three very good directors. Like John Krasinski has been proven that he can do tension in a horror movie. But I don't know how much tension in a horror movie you could do in a Wolfman movie, because I'm assuming he has to turn into a Wolfman at some stage. Yeah, and clearly you know, like, it's a, it's a tough one. It's like, um, I, I, I don't have an example there, but the <laughs> you know going in that Ryan Gosling is going to turn into a werewolf in this movie. What? So they, Spoilers! If they try and do the thing where it's like, who could be killing all these sheep? Uh, like, it's obviously Ryan Gosling, because we know, because we've seen the poster. And it cuts to him, and he's just, like, brushing his teeth, and he's like, mm, can't get this fucking thing out of my tooth. What's oh, a bone. Mutton, yeah. Mutton. I don't, I, it's, hmm. It, you have to be real clever with how you write this. This isn't the one yeah. I would have gone for. No, out of all the ones you could do, I think Wolfman would be my least... Uh, would I would be like maybe we'll leave Wolfman until we have like so much money coming in that's like people will see anything. Anything yeah, we do. I, I think if if Wolfman if this was like the Avengers, Wolfman is the Hulk. And it's <laughs> yeah. very difficult to do a Hulk movie. He, actually, those characters are very similar. Aren't they? Yeah, I just thought that. What the fucking hell? Everything's the same. There's only six possible stories anything could have. That's true. Creativity is dead. 
<laughs> so we're going to move on to our next piece of news, including, it's very interesting you say creativity was dead, because I have my first two words of this next sentence, Sean, are Gambit movie. Oh no. Oh, no. Gambit movie included X-Men villain Mr. Sinister confirms Simon Kinberg who directed X-Men The Dark Phoenix last year. Yeah, so in the Disney Fox merger mm. a bunch of details came out about all of the planned X-Men movies. Um, and among them, among a lot of shit ones uh, was this, that uh, the Gambit movie would have dealt with Mr. Sinister, who was teased in Dark Phoenix, as far as I know. Was he? Yeah, I think I think you see a there's a briefcase with Essex Corp on it. And who is Mr. Sinister, just for anyone listening? Okay, this is a very, very surface-level rundown, because I don't know a okay. huge amount about him. So, Mr. Sinister's whole deal is that he wants to perfect human evolution, Like, he, but he's a genetic scientist, right? Right. He wants to perfect human evolution... Uh, by controlling it and so he thinks mutants are like because of the randomness of mutations he wants to eliminate mutants and then make right. the perfect so, something human like, um, something like that was going on in Logan a little bit a little bit yeah that uh, the whatever chemical they put in drinks or the water supply it stopped the birth of mutants yeah it stopped mutations and then Sinister wants to control mutations. So he was originally meant to be the villain in the Gambit movie that we've heard that was on, that was off, that was on. Channing Tatum, he was getting dragged around all over the place. He was signed on since 2008 to do this movie. Jesus Never happened. Um, but Channing Tatum uh, will now not be doing the movie. Also, Simon Kimberg directed Dark Phoenix, and so he was doing all these interviews this week because people kept asking him, is there going to be a recut of oh. the Dark Phoenix? And he was like, well, if people want it, I'll do a recut of the Dark Phoenix. <laughs> By which he means, and oh, then, I'll get an editor to do it and sign off on it. But then there was also another story where he was like, no, everything in the movie I really wanted in Dark Phoenix, which means that's what he said was good enough to be in it. Yeah, that's the best. Well, see, they, yeah, well, they had to reshoot the ending. Yeah, because it was uh, Captain Marvel's ending. It was the exact same as Captain Marvel's ending. Yeah. Mm. Um, so th- you, you know they might they might get that, or you might get details of that, or like you you know I, a lot of these will you make a remake things. I would be satisfied if they just put out their original script and you, like let people re- like they did for uh, Colin Trevorrow's uh, Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. That you just here's the general outline of what what. What we intended, and if they if they all go, oh, that would have been so much better. It's like, yeah, but it, you know, it's not what we got. End of story. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to. I just read that, and I thought that was interesting, just in regards that Gambit, this Gambit movie, they had thought of a villain for him. It seemed like it was fairly production or pre-production, I should say, was fairly like about eighty percent done every single time they they pulled the plug. Yeah, they were. They just seemed to be constantly tipping along with it. And then now it's never going to happen because, like, they've sold it all to Marvel. And so Marvel now have a choice of whether they want to even do a Gambit movie. And I don't think they're going to start the X-Men universe with a Gambit movie. He's the new Wolverine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? He could have been. Like, people love Gambit. I, th- I think in certain circles people love Gambit. I think people love the but meme of Gambit at this point. 
Okay, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, okay, we're going to move on to uh, another piece of news. And this is uh, our last before the big one. And this is just a small news story that I really wanted to talk to you about because this is a movie idea that I never would have thrown out there. But I'm just going to explain it to you. I'm going to read the headline. Peter Dinklage and Jason Momoa are set to star in Vampire Movie, Good, Bad and Undead. Wow, okay. Yes. That's an interesting cast. Yes, yeah, so Peter Dinklage, of course, from Game of Thrones, and everyone's favourite um, movie, Avengers Infinity War. Where's the end? Where's the handle? Where is it? Where's the end? He's always looking for the handle, Sean. Always looking for the um, handle. Where is it? Where is it? Is that, is that Endgame or Infinity War? That's Infinity War. <laughs> Where is it? Well, Peter Dinklage... 100 quid if you is... can name that planet that they go to. Uh, Mjolnir. No, that's the axe. Uh, is, no, is it? Uh, uh, oh, no, it's not nowhere. Start me. It's what does it start? Does it start with M? It starts with N. N. N- Nova. Nova. Nova Core. Was it? It was indeed. Well done, Connor. <laughs> what is it? Nidavellir. Oh no! Fuck it. No. <laughs> oh yeah, just <laughs> Nidavellir. Yeah, I already have Mjolnir in my head. Like, you think I was going to pull out Nilla Veneer as well, that is. Ah, that's... Um, so, Peter Dinklage and Jason Momoa will uh, be in the Vampire Action Adventure. The duo are in talks to star in the Legendary Project, which is described as Midnight Run in a Bram Stoker world. So, Dinklage would, would Dinklage will play Van Helsing. the last, good. The last in a long line of vampire hunters, okay? Yeah. And now... On the other side, who has an uneasy partnership with a vampire, Jess Momoa, who has taken a vow never to kill again. I promise. I, <laughs> I really promise. promise this time. That's amazing. Together, they run a scam from town to town where Van Helsing pretends to vanquish the vampire yes. for money. But when, but, they, but when a massive bounty is put on the vampire's head, everything in this dangerous world full of monsters and magic is now after them. As somebody puts a bigger ba- bounty on the vampire um, and, Van Hel- and then everybody chases after the vampire other- plus Van Helsing. That's so good. That's such is a Is this not a great idea? idea? Oh, this is the kind... Like- this is a genuinely good premise for a movie, right? Yes. Yeah, no, it is. I read this and I thought, I would watch this. And, yeah, and it's, a, it's, it's like, it's original. It's not a live-action remake. You got, you, it's you're dumb. Cast, you got good cast. It's dumb. Yeah, but some things, you can have a dumb movie. It's fine. Yeah, not every movie has to be the best movie. If that makes sense. Well, yeah, so you you have Dinklage playing Van Helsing and him and Momoa are kind of working this every town they go to. He's like, I'll go, I'll catch him. Yeah, they're great. And then he, yeah, then he comes and catches him and then they move on to the next town. And eventually, it, they, they bit off a bit more than they can chew and then you have Dinklage who plays Van Helsing and Momoa is now trying to like fight off the whole town at once. That's so good. I also loved the idea of, like... Because they were both on Game of Thrones. I don't think they had a scene together. Well, they didn't. No, they so, definitely didn't. So now they're finally working together. So they can be Aww. mates. They can be mates. And Momoa... You know what? I, the more I talk about it... Momoa as a vampire. That's that, going to be amazing. I mean, I mean, Momoa is so cool. 
that he's just gonna pull that off perfectly. Like a vampire, the perfect vampire to me is like the coolest guy in the room, but he's also like he's slick. Yeah, like he it, he Momo would be like the kind of vampire from like Castlevania games and things like that. Like just like opulence in this big old castle, and he, and he's like drinking a wine. Just looking at you, but oh, is it yeah, wine or like is it a, blood? It's gonna have like a golden chalice kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. And rings, rings all over his oh, fingers. So just looking rings. at you, necklaces, jewelry, a, a high collar. Somebody get us in this movie. Just we in the costume department, given bring us in <laughs> more jewels, more jewels. Ah, oh, I can't have wait the, to have see the midriff this. open. Have the oh, midriff open, but only for Dinklage. He's he's wearing he's wearing a big long cloak. It's black on Mamoa, the outside, were, red on the inside. Mamoa, you wear a hoodie. Dinklage, I want you. Long cloak. Mid-rafe open. That's what I want, Dinklage. Rings. <laughs> Rings, Dinklage. Um, okay, so we are ending Movie Mondays this week, Sean, with our big news, and that is involving Mr. Henry Cavill. He is in talks to return as Superman in the DCEU. Now, Interesting. Back in November, Henry Cavill talked about his hopes that he would play Superman again. And if anyone remembers this, I think we probably talked about it. He said, I've not given up on the role. There's a lot I have to give to Superman yet. And, like, there's lots of character development I want to get into. And I want to reflect the comic books. That's important to me. There's a lot of justice to be done for Superman. The status is, you will see. Now, that you will see was very important because Ben Affleck had already dropped out. Yeah. And then you got then you got a ULC from Henry Cavill. And so everyone assumed back to back they had lost the two of them. But now Henry Cavill is in talks to return as Superman in this DCEU. Uh, like okay, I'm excited to hear that. I fully thought he was out forever. Uh I think so he's did a, I actually. I think he's a great Superman. Like mm, he's just written very just sad. He's been hard done by. Like in these movies, Superman's meant to be all about hope, but he, Superman is miserable in a lot of these films. Um, and you can have like you can have a miserable Superman, but he can't just spend every movie. If the movie's also dark and gritty, Superman can't also just be dark and gritty. Like dark and gritty doesn't work for Superman, really. Yeah, like the, my favorite Henry Cavill Superman scene is you know it's a very start of Man of Steel when they're in the bar. Yes, and he's just working in a bar, and like some dude is giving him hassle, and a dude goes to push him, and he just doesn't budge. <laughs> yeah, like just more of that Superman. Like he's unstoppable, but he's not out for the fight. No, he never looks for it. No, it's just he'll he'll end it if it starts. And we've talked about this, and I can understand why he stepped away because, like, this whole world, like we've talked in regard that if Captain America can work. And people love Captain America. There's no way that Superman shouldn't work. Exactly. Like, Superman in the comic books has worked for years. And people do say that they find him boring or whatever. But Captain America had the exact same thing. People found him boring. And he didn't even have the clout that Superman has. Or the backing of all those years. Um, And then you have Henry Cavill, who, perfectly cast, he's... An absolute shithouse. He's built yeah. <laughs> like an absolute tank. And also looks amazing in the suit. And is also and he's, he's, he's a big nerd. He's just a big nerd. Now, 
is he a good actor? But I, th- I think that he is. The Witcher has kind of showed that he's, he's not bad. I used to think he was a bad actor. And he also had bad scripts. But I think nobody could have made Superman fun in those movies. Or even likeable, really. No, you couldn't. Like, no matter who you put in that role. Actually, I think that, like, anyone else you put in that role, I think, is worse than Henry Cavill is, you know? Interesting. Because he was so well cast. Yeah, because he's sad a lot. He has to do a lot of face acting. And like you said, with The Witcher, he is very good at just like saying a lot with a look. Because The Witcher doesn't talk that much. Not in the show anyway, yeah. because He, he doesn't talk in the games either. Yeah, and in the show, he, Cavill gave an interview and he was just like, yeah, I think the writers decided like, it. he wouldn't, like the, the it wouldn't be right for the character to just be chatty and jokey. And he, like he does have conversations with people, but he's it, it because he's you know he doesn't age and whatever. He's been through it all so many times. I th- he he's would weary. just he's weary. He'd just reply with a grunt if that would do. Mm. Like and Superman, like if Superman is sad, he wouldn't be like, "Oh, I'm sad." He would just look. First of all, I don't. I don't like the church scene in Man of Steel, <laughs> where he just goes no. and confesses all his problems, um, no. and maybe that's a factor of me watching Smallville for ten years, <laughs> and it just it's being Superman having. <laughs> that show is just Superman having problems. Yes, but if Superman is sad, what is the point of Batman? Exactly. Now this does raise an interesting question of. You know, in the in the DC universe in the future, how does that line up with the Pattinson Batman? Yeah, which is a whole other kind of sense. worms. But like, and there actually, I have several pieces of news regarding that. Just um, this also comes back the week after, obviously, the Zack Snyder cut that they released this that he's not fully out, which means that he probably thinks the Zack Snyder cut is better, or whatever Justice League is is going to make him look better, which. Is good, but what he's signed on for is apparently... Originally, they were like, he signed on... J.J. Abrams is rumoured to be doing the next Superman movie. And then it was rumoured that Henry Cavill will be signing on to be his Superman. Because J.J. had said, I don't want to do with anybody other than Henry Cavill. Um, And so when this news broke, everyone was like, J.J. Abrams, Henry Cavill, same movie. That could actually... You could make a lot of money with with that combination. You really could, and I, th- I, th- there's enough right with the Cavill Superman that the right, the writing even has to be half, halfway decent, and I think you'll have a, you know, a solid Superman movie. Because I think he can be good. Like he can be. He, I, I mean, we're all saying like he can't be sad, but Superman can be sad, but. He's meant to, as you said, hope is the big thing. Like, the S stands for hope on his chest. Yeah. He's not meant to preach about it, but he just kind of does the right thing. He tries to do the right thing all the time. Yeah. He's Captain America. He's Captain America, and look how good those stories turned out. Also, when you're picking from the, like, infinite pool of comic book stories, don't pick Death of Superman as the first one. Don't pick, <laughs> like, these... Don't pick these groundbreaking landmark events in the character's history to be the first movie. I also don't think we need an origin because if it is Cavill, we have Man of Steel. That's his origin. That's fine. Um, but like, 
just tell a Superman story that really, literally, already exists. Mm. And I completely agree. And so, now, that's interesting that that's how you would do an actual movie with Henry Cavill. But there is another side to this, and that is that they are now saying Mm. he might be doing a movie, but he might actually just become the DCEU's Hulk, is how they've described it. And by that they mean he will make... He will make appearances in other people's movies, but he won't have his own movie. So, say Shazam 2. He appeared at the end of Shazam 1, although that wasn't really Henry Cavill. Mm. But he's he's at the end of Shazam 1. He will appear in Shazam 2. He could appear in Black Adam. He could appear in other people's movies rather than have his own solo movie. Do you think that's a better way to go with this character? I'm not sure, because if he does, then what's stopping him from just solving all the problems in that person's movie? Yeah, actually, he's like the nuclear option at all times. Like, Batman's like, oh, I'm really struggling with the Joker. Better get Superman in. Yeah, it, like, and that's that's a classic thing problem that writers have with Superman, is that he is too powerful a lot of the time. Mm. But given given like the power set that we've seen in the movies... It's a lot more limited than the comics. Like, I guess in Justice League, he was faster than the Flash and stronger than anyone. But if you... We've always said, if you then create a threat that that isn't enough for, that's what makes it an interesting story. Like, when Superman has to think, like, when he needs to outsmart someone, that's when it's a really interesting story. There was always, like, there was the great idea that say Darkseid or Apocalypse or whatever they come to Earth and all the heroes are trying to fight this f- fucking Darkseid and they're mm. all just getting absolutely fucked up and Superman's like I'll do this, I'll turn up I'll do this, so he drops in and he starts fighting Darkseid but Darkseid is using actual fighting techniques whereas Superman is just like, he's never had to learn to fight because he's Superman so every fight he just goes in, he just like punches and wins, or they don't hurt him. But Darkseid yeah. does hurt him. So the fight is going on, and Superman's losing, because Darkseid has all the same power, but he also has technique. And he's just like, he's slowly breaking him down, like hitting kidney shots, and just like, and Superman's like, fuck, what is going on? Like, normally I just punch until I win. Um, and there's, I love the idea that then, uh, that say, Superman gets injured and he kind of has to go off and like he's like fuck I need to learn how to fight Yeah, I can't just rely on just natural talent and that's perfect character growth because that character never has to do anything other than just what they've been born with so you even have a scene where say he's training with another DC character maybe Batman trains him maybe Nightwing trains him maybe he goes to Black Canary somebody who's very good at fighting and is like your superpowers won't help you Darkseid is too fucking strong to fight him hand to hand without any training exactly you're so right because Superman grew up on a farm so he knows the value of hard work yeah but we've never seen that like, and wouldn't it be interesting if Superman had, like, I don't know. I'm thinking two things at the minute. One, he has an enemy that you can't just fight. You know, like... Yeah, you can't fight until you win. Exactly. You just, you, it's... I don't know. Maybe it's all this shit going on in the world right now with, like, a virus that we can't see. Like, could Superman help right now? <laughs> but, he, yeah, he doesn't have to help with the main thing. He can help in other ways. Exactly. 
And and maybe that is a factor of in other people's movies, you can just be like, yeah, Superman is busy, you know, pulling a sinking ship out of the ocean, and you see that. But happen. actually, one one thing I do like about Batman vs Superman, which is very few, and I will never say this again, <laughs> but. And obviously, this, the bit where he goes to the whole fucking desert halfway across the world because Lois is in trouble, that's a bit weird. But you know the montage where he's, like, saving people in the flood? Yeah. And he's, like, picking them up off the roof? That's Superman. Like, that's what he does. He that, just, yeah, that's his he job, doesn't man. Need, he, he doesn't need the tanks. He just turns up, he just does it, and then he moves on to the next thing. And he never actually asks for any sort of help in any way. Why he's there is, like, I'm here to help, so I'm going to try and help any way I can. Like, what do you need from me? Yeah, and this Superman is established enough that he knows what not to do. Like, yeah. I think they missed a golden opportunity with... Because after the destruction of Metropolis, people people were like, no, let's get Superman out of here. Um, but I think you need... We didn't really get to see, like, Superman flies off into space and it's like, okay, they clearly don't want me. Like, for Superman and- to feel abandoned by his adopted home, I think that's an interesting story. And actually, the end of that movie is one of the main problems with this character, in that him and Zod just punch each other until he breaks his neck. Yeah. <laughs> they just they just punch each other repeatedly until he just decides, okay, I'm going to break this guy's neck so he never has to kill anyone ever again. And I'm just like, that is that is not as interesting as Superman have to av- having to outtink his opponent. Yeah, like it's... That'll be talked about until the end of time, I feel. Yeah, and as you said, he should have... There has to be a scene where Superman's like, fuck, yeah, no, guys, if they don't want me, they don't want me. And yeah, maybe leave. I'm not helping. Yeah, and then you have to have the moment where you can do good. And, like, even if it was the opposite, where he, like, looks at Batman, he's like, there's just some fucking normal dude doing what he can to help. Like, so what am I doing up here when I have ten times the ability that that guy has? Why am I running away? Yeah. And may- look, maybe this has all been thrown around a boardroom in Hollywood and they've decided it doesn't make money. But in terms of well, telling look, a the, good the other story... the thing did. You what, sir? I said the other thing did. That's you know true. I mean? Justice yeah. League made like, lo- loads of money. So much money, Sean. It made heaps of money. <laughs> it didn't get money. heaps of five stars. <laughs> no, it, didn't, it actually didn't even make heaps of money. Um, Aquaman made more money than Justice League. Oh, boy. Oh, That's boy. all you need to know. Yeah, and look, there there are enough successful characters that people like in the DCEU that maybe, you know, the, that universe doesn't have to close and it doesn't have to hang entirely on Superman. Yeah, uh, so Henry Cavill is signed back on. I Would you like to see him in a cameo role or having his own films? I'd like to give him his own good film. Just one good one? One good one, then he can hang it up a few months. Yeah, just give him one. Le- James Mangold, come back. Just get James Mangold in. Kill Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sean, I think that's it for this week's Movie Mondays. That was was a really good week of movie news. We had some discussions. Um, We never have discussions. No, usually you just rattle off your own opinion and I just have to say yes or no. (laughs) Agreed? Yes. Good stuff. Good. Excellent. (laughs) Glad we're all agreed. (laughs) Shall I take us out? Please. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays here on the Here's for Hire podcast. Uh, big thank you as always to all our patrons over on Patreon. Alexander Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley and Ryan Evanson. 
you guys all help keep the lights on that's fantastic thank you so much if you would like to join those fantastic people go to patreon.com slash here's for podcast or there's a link to that in the description um the best way you can help the show is by telling one human being that we exist just a one or by rating us five stars and liking us and subscribing to us on itunes or your podcast platform of choice on the Spotify, I think it's pronounced. Spooty, that is the correct Dutch Spooty pronunciation, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm Italian. Yes, you are. You are indeed. Um, <laughs> we're on all social medias. They're all linked in the description. You can email us at herefryer underscore at outlook.com if you have any questions or comments or any thoughts about this episode. Um, but other than that, is that about it, Connor? I think that's about it, Sean. So I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Mead. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.